Welcome to Picks with the Professor, College Basketball Edition for Tuesday, November 28th. Jake, we are here to talk about six college basketball games, three of them for everybody on YouTube. The other three are part of what we're calling the extended cut that's available to all of our loyal dub clubbers out there. Uh, a decent slate here for Tuesday, much better than Monday slate, but somehow we were able to pick out some winners, and Cousin Jared gave us three winners on this show yesterday, um, and we got the total of the day. It was a pretty good little Monday. Jake, you have quite the act to follow. It, it's always tough following follow Cousin Jared. He is very good and very on top of this and knows exactly how to read the model of it, so it's he's always a... Big challenge to follow. And that's what I've always said, that his greatest thing is like he follows the model and knows it and knows its strengths and weaknesses so well. And that's why he's such a valuable member of this team. But uh, between the two of us, I think you've probably forgotten more basketball than, than Cousin Jared and I have ever known. So so you at least have us with that one. Uh, you know, we kind of just keep us the recaps. There's nothing much new to talk about. Maybe after another week or two, things will change up a little bit. We'll have more to discuss. Biggest thing is the totals continue to do really, really well. And so we're going to continue to focus on that as the strength. And besides, I, I have, sp I spend a lot of time today making some tweaks. People who've been around here long enough know that when things don't go well, and they can't always go well, unfortunately, that I work tirelessly to fix that. So I think I've done some things to make it better. We'll see. You never really know. Made a tweak about a week ago. I think things were, I think it, I think it helped kind of stop the beat bleeding a little bit. Uh, but there's still more work to be done. Hopefully I did that work. So hopefully the sides are, in a little bit of better shape, uh, just kind of making some tweaks here and there, uh, a little tinkering to, to, to get us going the right direction, but totals are, are where it's at. And so of the six picks, four of them are totals today. And again, as a reminder, you still have a couple of days until the end of the month to sign up on dub club for this special end of the end of the year ish. I guess it's not quite the year end of Thanksgiving, end of November deal, still calling it cyber Monday. CBB 2023 is the promo code that'll get you your first month on Dub Club for $9.99. You can use the QR code that's on the screen or the link in the show descriptions, uh, whether you're with us on the audio only version or on YouTube. And again, remember prices increase January 1, but if you are with us by then, your price is locked in forever. So this is like a two for one special because you're locking in the sale, getting 60% off your first month. And on top of that, you are locking in the cheaper price going forward. So to me, it's like a it's like a two for one special. You know what I mean? It, you know, you got to go to like Denny's to get that sort of thing, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's Denny's is probably the best example, or like Steak and Shake. You know, like when they got all the meals under four dollars. That's it's like that. Mm -hmm. my, my issue with Steak and Shake is I feel like it takes thirty minutes just to get your food. That's my only problem with it. Yeah, I feel like they never staff enough people. So it's yeah. the, the poor guy running the griddle grill or whatever. It's just yeah. always behind. Milkshakes <laughs> yeah. take forever. Yeah, but whatever. Now that we've made our entire audience hungry, let's start off with Mississippi State and Georgia Tech. Mississippi State, I mean, the, the thing you have to talk about here is their defense. Sideline ranks their defense number six in the country. Offensively, they're not bad, but it's one of those things where we know the defense is going to carry them 
and how good their offense is kind of determines how deep they can make a run because we know the defense will be there. Georgia Tech, not a terrible team, not a great one. Mississippi State's favored by a decent amount. We would kind of expect that. We're here to talk about the total. We're going to go over 140 and a half. That's kind of the consensus what I pulled the average on. I was able to get 140 myself. It's a C-grade pick. We got a couple of C-grade winners on yesterday's show. What we mean, and we said it then as well, what we'll say here again is the C-grade simply means that the discrepancy isn't large enough to be overly excited about it, but that doesn't mean there's not a C-grade here and there we should play. Jake, why is this one of the C-grades that you think is worth adding to your Tuesday college basketball card? Look, I think Mississippi State's offense is a little underrated by most places. They they shoot the ball from deep a little too much to fall in love with that, but their defense kind of cleans it up so you don't see it in their record. Uh, but I think in this, especially this game, and as rough as Georgia Tech's defense is, I mean, they're, uh, I guess, average. Like, I think Mississippi State's going to be able to take full advantage of that. They rebound the ball well. Um, their offense will be able to score enough to really kind of carry us to the over. Um, plus, their offense doesn't turn the ball over a ton, but when they do, it is typically a steal. They're one of the worst teams for giving just giving a lot, just a free pass away. I don't know if it's because they're not paying attention. I mean, there's not a great way to grade that, but unfortunately, I don't know, in the couple of their games I've watched, it is – just a couple errant passes where they're not just paying attention and they just throw it to the wrong team. And that's easy buckets. Easy buckets helps Georgia Tech, like helps the over. Uh, a few of those, I mean, and as long as the threes go in, I mean, if you look at that pace, you've got them about the same pace. So they're going to going to want to do the same thing. I think we're even, they even get the tiny bit faster with the way the turnovers are going to work in this game. I think we end up playing faster than where they're actually want to play at. Um, and that's not going to be much to get over. Like, get a run around the average number of points in a college basketball game is crazy to say that it's going to be right around there when you have the paces like this. Um, the defense for Mississippi State makes you a little worried, but like I said, I think their offense makes a few too many mistakes that Georgia Tech can do, do enough to get us over 140 and a half. The average so far in college basketball number of points per game is actually slightly over 145 this season. And that's wow. been a little bit of the rule changes with regards to charges and blocks and whatever. And so it's not, it's not supposedly, and we'll see what well, something we'll be tracking, of course, and I've got my eye hard on it because we need to know if we should just kind of be where the tide should be with regards to totals. <clears throat> uh, but you know, because it's, it's from my understanding, more of a rule change and not a rule emphasis. This is one that we think is going to hold through the course of the season. We'll see. A lot of times there are rule emphasis that happen at the start of the season and you'll see points really dip or really spike. And then like, it'll kind of, you know, kind of return to the norm by the time you hit January or whatnot. But the, again, the average so far, uh, according to my data, up around 145, and it's usually more around 140, 141. And so Sideline says this should be lower than average, but not so much so like the books are projecting it here uh, because 140.5 is now pretty far below average uh, at this point. And we think we can get closer to average here, uh, slightly above average on the pace. And again, it's a good point of Mississippi State's offense is – Slightly underrated, that helps us. The other thing, Jake, that I, I thought, in, and obviously Georgia Tech's going to struggle to score. We, we know that. But Mississippi State's going to have a, a, a 
kind of a fairly easy time. Might get lost in the shuffle looking at that, but the reason I put the grades and the ranks here, sometimes either one's a little bit easier for us to look at and comprehend wrap our brain around, but 15 is a standard deviation. 100 is, av- is average. More, more means more points, less means fewer points. 115 is a full standard deviation above average for Mississippi State. Georgia Tech is right at average on defense. I mean, a full standard deviation difference there, that's going to be advantage Mississippi State when they have the ball. So they should be able to put up a bunch of points, which brings me to the follow-up. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here, but you mentioned to me you do like laying the points of Mississippi State. It's not the official pick. Uh, the, the model says, you know, upper single digits right around 10. Right now the number is 8.5. I know the model would be a little bit more excited about 8. We get really excited down to, at 7. It's a little too high for the models liking, but you like laying the points. And I'm guessing it has to do with the fact that you like Mississippi State's office, offense uh, to score enough points to, to, to lengthen this margin out. You think they can win by double digits, I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm really excited to watch the Mississippi State team, especially once they get uh, Tolo Smith back, because I think that offense will take a giant leap up. Because if you get some guys that are used to shooting and good shooters around him, it's going to really open things up for him. But it really comes down to way Chris Chance has this team playing on offense. He's getting more out of them than anybody ever expected. Everybody knew the defense was going to be there. The defense, he's a defensive first coach. They were a very talented defensive team last year. They looked great there and their offensive breed did enough in the portal for their offense to improve. And I'm I'm kind of down on Georgia Tech. I, I think all the, they've played better than they expected, but I think they're going to come back to what people kind of expected this year. And I think the gap between these two teams is a little wider than what the numbers say right now. Yeah. It, when you get a team that's right in the middle of the pack, kind of like Georgia tech is, uh, or, or maybe barely above average that that's tough when you get to the top, top teams. So you like laying the points models a little more skeptical, but we both do like the over. So a couple different ways you can play this game, which takes us to, uh, uh, another one of the, I, I guess this is the ACC SEC mm-hmm. challenge yep, here. So, so we got three of those here. Uh, the next one, NC state and Ole Miss NC state, just kind of a, a ho-hum good, not great team model has them ranked number 44, very solid, um, pretty, pretty balanced on offense and defense. Ole Miss, much better on defense, according to sideline, lags behind NC State. The model thinks NC State's the better team, but going on the road cancels out and makes this pretty close to a coin toss. The model leans toward NC State at 52%. That makes plus 105 a B grade. Anything around plus odds is right around that threshold right now for a B grade. Even if it's like minus 105, the model would still lean that direction and say, don't lay too much with it, but NC State's the much better team Jake, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I really think NC State is a much, much better team than Ole Miss. Um, Ole Miss hasn't played anybody so far. Uh, I mean, they're, they're if you look at who they've played, it's all just nobodies. I mean, and their best win was an 11-point win over the great mighty Eastern Washington team. Like that, uh, And, I mean, that was at home. They're not blowing people out. And I know that a win's a win. I'm happy for them. But – what you do in those games matters, and NC State really showed up and really impressed me against BYU. They they hung right with them, and I think BYU is one of the t- tougher teams going right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they look great. Yeah, and then like Ole Miss is flirting with disaster. They they are winning about two and one points against teams like Detroit Mercy, and 
oh, I forget who else, but it was just like it's not good. And those are at home. The home court's not doing much for them here because uh, NC State's a much better team. They're very thin. Um, there's just not enough on this roster right now for Ole Miss to really take advantage. NC State's got three really good guards that are shooting lights out right now. Uh, I mean, one of the guys is hitting 55% from three, like, like it's, and he's not scared to shoot them. He's hit 12 in the year, I believe. But, and then they've got Burns, who has just been transferring all around. I think this is his second year at NC State, but he's just a big guy and he can really be a game changer when he's on the floor and not taking plays off. Uh, and I think he's the kind of, big guy that Ole Miss is going to struggle with, a very physical, not so much athletic, step-out-and-shoot kind of guy. And he's smart with the ball, makes great passes, sees the floor well. I just think there's too much talent at NC State, and I don't think Ole Miss has enough. I think they're running like a seven-man rotation right now, and three guys, two guys I know are averaging well over 30 minutes, and the next two are 29 and 28. There's just not, not enough talent on this team yet. You mentioned Eastern Washington – uh, they're a team that's had some decent talent. Of course, I believe the one year their best year was when they had the brothers. Uh, you had the big, the big mountain man, and then his brother who was like half his size, which was kind of hilarious. Uh, and I, then I guess they both ended up at Oklahoma the next year. Um, but I've got Eastern Washington. Sideline has Eastern Washington at 190th overall. And just for comparison, I have your team rankings has them at 198th. So I mean, both whatever the formula they're using and my formula. Uh, projects them as slightly below average. So yeah, like you said, that's not really an impressive and long travel spot. It's only went by a little bit. So yeah, Ole Miss decent, but you know, still not really able to compete at the higher level yet, which brings me to my main question about Ole Miss. And I'm just curious your thoughts here because we haven't talked about this team yet this season, but obviously with their head coach, a guy who we know on the court, one of the strongest coaches in college basketball, we saw what he did at Tech. We saw what he did at Texas. And now that he's come to Ole Miss year one, how quickly do you think he can turn this team around? What do you think their ceiling is? Because obviously we didn't really think he would, you know, anybody would be able to take Texas Tech to the national championship game and be one, what, centimeter, one reviewed centimeter play away from a national championship. I mean, Lubbock is one of the hardest places to recruit in the country, goes to Texas and has a powerhouse built there. And that seems to be unraveling a little bit based off some of the players who who've left, but a team that was looking really good last year, uh, you know, and can he do the same thing at Ole Miss? How long will that take? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think Ole Miss fans are going to be, have to be a little patient. The portal is going to speed this up a little bit, right? but it, it's Ole Miss isn't a hugely desirable well, like destination, right? Like it's not got a long history of being great. And there's not a I mean, they've had like Marshall Henderson, one of my favorite players ever. He was just so much fun to watch. But uh it's not like there's a ton of ex talent there that's helping you get people in. And Chris Beard was in the news for all the wrong things uh last year. So and like I said, they're they're thin. I mean, he did okay. He did better than okay in the portal. It's just I don't think he did quite enough. They're very thin. I mean, Sharp was a great get out of Western Kentucky. Uh, Flanagan a great get out of uh, Auburn. And then uh, Jalen Murray has really surprised me with how well he's done going from St. Peter's to Ole Miss. But I worry that some of these numbers are improved because somebody has to score Mm. and not so much that these guys are that good. I mean, Flanagan is that good. He he wanted to get out away from Auburn and be the guy, and he's going to be the guy. But it's just I, – I don't think he quite did enough for this year. I think 
Dam and Vandy are going to be very much at the bottom of the SEC this year. And, and of course, you make a point that the, the transfer portal will definitely speed it up versus what would have happened 10 years ago in the situation. And, you know, it, it took a little bit at tech for the same reasons. And it might take a little bit here for some of the same reasons, uh, which kind of kind of like balances out the transfer portal, right? It kind of, that speeds it up. But the fact that Ole Miss doesn't really have that history might slow down. And again, I wonder too about the, again, all the publicity, if that, how much of that's going to hurt it, it, to me, it might hurt more of the parents thinking, but I'm not sure how many of the parents are making these decisions. Maybe yeah. the parents are a little bit less excited, but the kids maybe don't care. So it's kind of a whole other question mark of like, is that it, is it potential that he, that he's would struggle to get a guy this you know this year maybe next year because of that I'm sure at some point it'll be completely old news and no one will remember but just a fascinating situation obviously a guy X's and O's wise Ole Miss you have to be really happy with but uh, you know a, a good enough turnaround to be a decent team this year potentially but in our opinion you know a little bit of a ceiling this year at least probably not enough to get it done on average. We think against these at these prices, we always talk about, you should be willing to bet any team at any price. If we were getting Ole Miss at plus 150, that would be a lovely number to get. Uh, that's not what we're being offered. So plus 105, the play there on NC State. And then back to another total for our third of, of these uh, ACC, SEC games. Uh, we do have one more uh, of these in the extended cut. Clemson and Alabama, we had the Alabama under last week in a game that the first half played out just like we expected it, and then the second half just went berserk. And you know the model takes that information and makes a new, you know, we're constantly, uh, if you know anything about Bayesian statistics, the concept being we have a distribution, we get data, we put it in with that distribution, we have a new distribution. And that's just, the, it's a lather, rinse, repeat process. And after seeing that, uh, the models, I think, a little bit higher on their offense, a little bit lower on their defense, a little bit higher on their pace because of that second half and how that played out. They'll play a Clemson team that is much better on offense than defense. If Clemson can get their defense better, they've got a real chance to be a tournament team, but the defense might be what keeps them from it. The offense, again, just fine. Pace-wise, Clemson a little bit below average, but not nearly below average as Alabama is above average. And that's why the model thinks on average we get into the mid-160s. This is an A grade over 159. Jake, why do you think this number is so low? It feels like with Alabama and a Clemson offense that's so good, this game should see a lot of points, right? Yeah, I, I think too much credit's being given to Clemson and slowing the ball down. I, it's it's not going to happen. Alabama's the better team. Alabama's at home. Also, that pace is addicting when you're playing in it. It is so you have to be so disciplined and so extremely on your game and know exactly what you want to do. And that is ex twice as hard on the road than it is at home, uh, especially when the fans get into it. And it's just a disaster for Clemson and the pace they want to do. Getting into that pace is going to let Alabama just have fun. And like digging into this Alabama's offense, who, uh, what do you have Arizona ahead of them? Is that who's number one? But, um, Connecticut. Connecticut makes sense. Yes. Uh, Arizona sixth, Purdue third, Creighton fourth. Still after that crazy performance, Baylor fifth. So pretty strong. Top seven. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, Alabama ranks second in effective field goal percentage, 14th in offensive rebound percentage, third in three point percentage, seventh in two point percentage. And they just, they haven't played a game under 148. And that, in the game that went 148, they scored 102. They did their part. Uh, South Alabama did not. I mean, defensively, 
they're solid, not great, not bad, but um, they're also in the top ten <laughs> in assists to field goals made. They, just everything they do seems to be working right now. Uh, in Tuscaloosa is just only going to help all that. Clemson is very, very good offense. They have several guards, and then P- P.J. Hall is a very good center who can step out and shoot the three, and unfortunately I think – the way they would slow it down is playing with him back to the bucket. And I don't think Alabama is going to allow that. They're going to force him into jump shooting too much. And that's where this is going to go. I mean, Mark Sears is going to be a blast to watch at Alabama. And if you didn't get the chance to watch Grant Nelson, when he was at, I think he was at North Dakota. Uh, this is a great time to get to know him. He is a fantastic player. He was probably the, after Hunter Dickinson, probably the most coveted player in the transfer portal going to Alabama was was really kind of surprising to me. Didn't see him wanting to go there, but apparently he did, and he's thriving there. Uh, they've also got Hofstra transfer, uh, Aaron Estrada, who's just having his best year of his life. And it's just incredible how Nate Oates gets these guys to overperform what they've done previously and share the ball. It's just unreal. And I think that's where this kind of goes. It's going to be all Alabama, all Alabama the way they want to go, so that we're going to be doing well over this 159. And this is one where Alabama is a big favorite as well. A little bit scarier in in your opinion to lay the points here than Mississippi State just because with this weird frenetic pace, we just don't know how many points who's going to score exactly all play out. Uh so so one maybe we're less excited to to lay a number with. But I just want to point out with Clemson cuz you you made the comment, you know, in in your opinion it would be that people are thinking Clemson can slow it down. But when you dive into it, Clemson played a game against Davidson that had 133 points, but Southern has Davidson as the 320th ranked team with regards to pace. That is on the literal opposite end of the spectrum as Alabama. When you look at what happened against UAB and Boise State, Southern has Boise State is 235 in pace and UAB uh, at 135, both of those games got into the low 150s. And those are still teams that are paced more in the middle of the pack. So I'm not really sure there's any evidence that Clemson's able to, wanting you're able to slow anything down. Like they, they very much seem to be going with the pace of the opponent. And in this case, that spells a lot of points because Alabama loves playing these sort of games. We talked last show about how we did well with some of the Alabama unders. That again had... I think more to do last year with conference conference play. You get a little bit more measured possessions, a little bit more cautious, uh, especially when you get down to the grind at the end of the season, it's a little, little bit different than earlier on. It's a little bit more running gun. You do see points tend to tail off as the season goes along uh, for, for various reasons. So, uh, you know, we're going to try the over on this one. One fifty nine is the number a great picks. The model thinks mid one sixties. And Jake, there is your recap, the extended cut available to everyone on Dub Club. And again, right now you can lock in your price so that when prices change, they don't change for you. And you can lock in your first month there for $9.99 using the link in the show description and the promo or the promo code and or the promo code CBB2023. Jake, parting words before we get a 60-second reprieve and come back and talk more basketball. Uh, I got a, I just got a question for you. Do you think Mm. SEC is doing this ACC challenge to test out, to try out some of these ACC teams that they want to bring in, just see how, like, hey, how's your fan base? How's it going to look? And and just kind of eliminate <laughs> the ones they don't like. 
No, because I think football rules all that, uh, on, you know, for, for better or worse. But it is a, it is a funny thought uh, with all the conference changes. But, you know, we, we have had a lot of fun discussions over on Discord as well about it seems like uh, what Stanford and, and, and Cal, you know, going to be in the ACC and that the average travel to most of their ACC opponents is going to be about the same distance as traveling to Hawaii. And it's like that just seems <laughs> bonkers. Uh for some of this travel, uh, but it should make for a great week of basketball. And again, hopefully we see you on the other side of the music for more picks. Mm-hmm.